This is the Fedora Chronicles radio show for December 14th, 2019. The best crossfire hurricane investigation you've never heard of. Jason Cousineau and I, Eric Render King Fisk, talk about bombshells that have been dropped by the United States Department of Justice and ignored by the mainstream media. Joe Biden literally bashes potential voters on the campaign trail in Iowa. We also further explain why online censoring by big tech is so dangerous for democracy and debate switching political parties for a greater candidate shouldn't be something to be taken lightly. We had so much fun and so much to talk about this week, we totally forgot to remind you that Jeffrey Epstein did not kill himself. Or did we? Commentary on pop culture and current events to the perspective of film snobs and diesel punks with topics ranging from true crime and the paranormal. It's the Fedora Chronicles News of the Week for December 14th, 2019 with Jason Cousineau and Eric Render King Fisk. That's me. Stay tuned. I'm telling you, Jay, Jay is so lazy, he will use absolutely any excuse to get out of work. Like, perfect yes. perfect example, I need help editing the podcast. Mm-hmm. And Jay mm-hmm. uses the excuse of being in Utah while I'm in New Hampshire as an excuse not to help me out. I'm telling you, they name roads after me. They, I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's that's really what's going on. So... So hey, buddy. Uh, any anything interesting happening in 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 your neck of the woods with your little podcast thing there? In in it's the um, I heard there was this this person that was thinking of coming on, but she's got to run it through her advisors. Her team. Is what I heard. Her team is talking about it. For folks who don't, yeah. for who folks who don't know, yesterday, and Jay and I have been busier than one armed paper hangers is that um, Jay and I released a special episode of the Fedora Chronicles radio show on December 11th. People are probably going to be able to hear it on December 12th. But I I had to, Jay and I had to record it, edit it, and send it off to, um, to Tulsi Gabbard's people. After I met with her Friday and I, t- and I talked with a couple of people who are helping with her campaign. And the, the entire notion is, is that as long as we're not crazy and stupid and they can fit it into the schedule and it's a benefit, it's a net plus for Tulsi, they will think about coming onto the podcast. There's a reason why like we're trying to talk with Tulsi because Tulsi has been talking about the same things we've been talking about for the past 15 years on the Fedora Chronicles. And, um, and I'm, I'm just excited to talk to somebody who is crossing party lines and is saying, there are some things that we need to stop doing as a country. And we have to get the corruption out of Washington and we have to stop these endless regime change wars. And then we have to stop spending literally billions of dollars in other countries when we have an infrastructure that's collapsing in ours. Yeah. And um, it's, I, I'm, I would love to be able to sit down and ask Tulsi questions that nobody else has asked her. 
and um and get people to know her the way we've gotten to know her and but the most important aspect of all of this and why this matters to the fedora chronicles and the fedora chronicles listeners is because she's been a target of uh big tech like google especially google uh and they have um throttled down her search engine results after the first debate she did a great job on the first debate and people like, Oh, who's this Tulsi Gabbard character? And they went to search for her and they couldn't find her links to her campaign through Google after the first debate for the first couple of days. And then after all the hubbub died, then they changed the algorithm again, where it's like, if you do a search for Tulsi Gabbard or Tulsi 2020, then you'd, then you'd find her webpage. And Tulsi and her team are in the middle of a of a uh, an epic battle against Google, and Google used to have um, a motto: "Don't be evil." And I genuinely believe that what they are trying to do is evil in trying to sway the elections for reasons I don't understand. Why are they putting? Well, go ahead. I would argue that anyone trying to sway the elections. I mean, well, all right. There's a difference between someone like you and I, right? You know, haranguing on about a particular candidate, sure. or you know, promoting a particular candidate, and someone, something like Google or or a company like Google, going out and doing what they did. Yeah, because you and I can. You know, we we might be able to influence some people listening to our show, but if sure. I I think the people listening to our show are probably smarter than we are, and they're like, yeah, "You guys are amusing," but no, we love we so, love yeah, we, we lo- love you, but no, we love the way um, that you bloviate about conspiracy theories and film noir and and trying to make the connection. You guys are so cute and adorable with your yeah, right? you're connecting the they, dots. I don't, I don't think that it's not like, you know, if we say vote for Tulsi, everyone's that, you know, the 12 people that listen to us are going to go out and vote for Tulsi. Right. But someone like Google has a major impact. Sure. So this is one of those things that I generally disagree with, but the size of your impact determines whether or not your espousing a particular uh, you're expressing your opinion yeah corporations can have opinions they often do yeah mostly it's that whatever product or service they're offering is the best in the world right and, and profits sometimes are good. they're right sometimes they're wrong profits are good let's not forget that that's exactly their, that's their opinion. exactly so um and a private citizen even someone as influential as say like oprah winfrey right right, right. there's a big difference between that yeah because Google, because of the nature of their business and the size, I mean, something ridiculous like 90% of all internet searches go through Google. And if they decide that no one's going to find out anything positive about Tulsi, all they have to do is change their algorithm and you're only going to sites. The first things that show up are going to be negative things about about her. Sure. And then we're using her as an example because it literally happened. It literally happened to her. And another, right. Yeah. And another. And it's bullshit. It's bullshit. It's bullshit it's, that they're doing it, Jay. Well, yeah. And it's also bullshit because they have for years said, well, the algorithm's the algorithm. We can't custom. We can't customize the results. And then they did. And then they did on the fly from the beginning of that debate to the end of that sure. debate. 
those results changed. Sure. And it only happened for people in the United States, i.e. it only happened in the case of the people for whom it mattered most, who had the only impact on her campaign. That tells you if you're paying attention, you don't even have to understand how search engines work. That tells you they can change their results as much as they want to do what they want when they want and then remove them. Right. Because Monday morning, all of a sudden it was cleared up. Yeah. Right. Um, so they're either incompetent, which our history of using Google proves yep. they're not. Yep. Or they've been lying to us this entire time and they can and do edit their search results. Well, and, and the truth of the matter is, is they're lying. And that's where, at least for me anyway, that's where it sticks in my craw. If you yep. want me to believe something, at least be consistent with your lie to give me a chance, you know, to give me that element of doubt that you're not lying. Instead, what they've done is they've removed all doubt. And that's where I think her lawsuit and Dennis Prager's lawsuit actually comes in as being uh, evidence, evidentiary of wrongdoing on their part. Well, let's let's also not forget that the Fedora Chronicles is not the first or the last news organization as it were can we call ourselves a news organization and 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 not well we can call us i think i would feel more comfortable calling us news groupies news groupies okay so um back on october 20th of this year stephen crowder uh exposed youtube which is under the umbrella of google of playing with search results for tulsi gabbard and that's something that we are we um in our in our show page for this week's episode, and it is uh, this is for the um for the week of December fourteenth, two thousand nineteen. And we have it in our in our show notes. Uh, we also covered we covered this uh, earlier, and we also played a clip of of Stephen Crowder showing you how that they have manipulated search results here in the United States for Tulsi Gabbard again on October 20th and they're meddling with democracy. They are meddling with search results to sway the election. And I think that what we do different is that we're saying, here's the reason why we are celebrating, yeah, celebrating supporting Tulsi Gabbard because Tulsi Gabbard has been saying the same thing that we have been saying for a decade and a half for 10 years on our podcast and we've noticed how our popularity has been throttled back. Um, we have we have noticed how um, web pages from the Fedora Chronicles are have been deleted from Google search results. We did it. We like we practically did an entire episode on how the article that I wrote, the information is not secure was removed from Google search results. If you typed in the Fedora Chronicles, the information is not secure. You could not find that article on Google. You could find it on, on, on Bing. You can find it on Yahoo. You can find it on DuckDuckGo. It was the first result. I'm just wondering. Let's just do this again real quick. Fedora Chronicles... Helps if I learn how to spell the name of my website, Jay. You've only been typing it for twenty some odd years, dude. Right. I mean, come on. 
the information is not S-E-C-U-R-E. Jay's got a loud keyboard. Hey, it's right there. Right at the top. Right at the top. Yay. Yay. So, uh, yeah, so you're, you're still, you're still able to find it. So for, 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 for now. Um, and this is an article that I wrote. This is an article that I wrote nine years ago. Um, crap that, that article celebrated (laughs) its, its ninth birthday. It's had a birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that that's the one article that's brought me probably the most trouble. That is probably the one article that has really if I could if I could go back in time and talk to myself as I was writing it and what what would I tell myself? So, um that's one I think I think that we could actually build an entire interview with Tulsi talking about this specific issue about how tech companies are trying to sway the election by um meddling with search results. And people people ask me the same question here, Jay. People ask me why is this such a big deal? Why are they going after Tulsi if she is polling so low? If if she's well, if she's not and, able to make it past ten percent, and I'm going, I'm, I'm going. This is where you going. and I differ in our answers. Because right. for me, I'd say that's a very good question. Yeah, I'd just put it back on them. That's a very good question. Why would they do that? And I'm going to share. Right. I'm going to share with you some anecdotal evidence here that something something is wrong. Okay, um, I had no idea how many people were listening to our podcasts using the old analytics that I had, including the analytics from Google. We switched to SoundCloud, and in the past year alone, forty-three about 43,000 people have listened to our podcast in the past year alone. Damn. Okay, I had no idea that we had that many listeners. Now, I don't know how popular our podcast is. So when I when I joke and say that we have literally dozens upon dozens of listeners all over the world, what I really say is I don't I don't know. And the thing is, is that why why would you know? How, why is it so hard for me to narrow down how many people actually listen to our podcast? As soon as I switch to another hosting service for just the audio of the Fedora Chronicles radio show, that includes the Metaphysical Connection, the soon-to-be True Crime one-on-one, and the Monadnock Report, which is a podcast just for people who live in southern New Hampshire. You can listen to it all you want, if you want to, if you love the sound of my voice. Um... But the thing is, I had no idea how many listeners I had. So I used to joke about how we have listeners all, all over, dozens of listeners all over the world. That's because I didn't have a solid figure. And now that I have a solid figure, I'm a little angry, Jay. I didn't, I, I, honestly, I didn't know our podcast was this popular. Yeah. And that makes me angry. And the thing is, is that um, there's, there are times when it's like I want to just like show the numbers to my in-laws and say, see, see, Carol didn't marry a loser. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. You've been going to that therapy for anger issues, right? You said you were going to... Listen, Michelle <laughs> at the liquor store is not my therapist. Simply because we talk for a half an hour every time I'm there. <laughs> and I pay through the nose for the privilege to do that. That does not mean that Michelle is my therapist. Um, well, mine is, is Tammy. at the, uh, she's, she's at the bar, though. So. Okay, okay. I'm more of a traditionalist than you are. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we, we are going to talk this in this episode... Uh, now that we're more than 15 minutes talking about the last episode and the future episode, why don't we get to work on this episode, shall we? I guess. All right. So anyway, this is this is a big, huge week, and Jay and I are going to try and connect the dots. Um, and I have to admit, um, I'm not that good at connecting the dots by um, uh, by evidence that I had to repeat kindergarten. Um back in the mid 70s okay um so i may not i may not be the brightest podcaster out there but i'm going to i'm going to make this these connections here and and see if you can keep up okay mm -hmm. all right so uh last week hillary clinton was on howard stern and hillary clinton basically laid herself bare to Howard and nothing was held back. Nothing was taken off the table. Howard Stern asked her all kinds of questions uh, for answers that we've been dying to hear directly from Hillary. Um, and Dang. I heard the entire interview and I thought Howard missed an opportunity because I, the one thing that I don't think that he really sort of asked her about was what's with all the, the these campaign finance scandals that seem to circle around you but never actually touch you what's the story with the clinton foundation i don't know i even though howard stern is who he is i i don't i still think there are no-go zones for her and everyone knows them because they're pointed out to them ahead of time okay. before she shows up that would be my guess. But Hillary Clinton talked ad nauseum about the 2016 campaign and what what went wrong. And I don't think that she actually came out and she blamed herself and said, there are things that I should have done. Like I should have gone to the flyover countries. I should have gone to more of middle-class, working-class Americans and met with them and talked to them one-on-one, -on -one, face to face gone to town hall meetings. Uh, I don't think that she mentioned that at all, and probably yeah. and, and 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 I apologize because there there are some times that I did nod off, um, you know, try I trying to keep up, um, and there's only so much coffee you can drink before it starts having the reverse effect, <laughs> um, and she gave this talk at the you know during the Howard Stern show, and this was just days before the release of a couple of. Um, uh, reports that are really sort of earth-shattering. First one was a Horowitz report, and I'm trying to see. I'm trying to see if I have if if I have my timeline right. Um, 
Matt, Matt Taibbi is somebody who that I respect, and he writes for the Rolling Stone. Whoever thought that a, a so-called, quote, neocon like myself would be quoting Rolling Stone magazine. Matt Taibbi um, does some of the best reporting about politics that I can think of. He wrote this article for Rolling Stone, um, and this was published a couple of days ago. Uh, collaboration Zero, an inspector general's report reveals the Steele dossier was always a joke. The report throws water on the one, quote, deep state, end quote, conspiracy theory of Russian investigations, but validates complaints about fake news. And it's, 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 Matt Taibbi talks a lot about, um, about the, uh, the, uh, let's see here, the uh, just the Justice Department's Inspector General's Michael Horowitz report about the uh, Trump Russia investigation, and Matt Taibbi goes on to sort of explain how all of this was based upon a bogus document um, from a gentleman by the name of Christopher Steele through a quasi bogus think tank group called Fusion GPS, something we've also talked about ad nauseum about. And what everybody can sort of agree with um, special counsel Robert Mueller is that he cherry-picked information that would have proven that Donald Trump colluded with the Russians and what and what he actually had discovered is that there was really no um, actual collaboration with the Trump campaign with Russians. But there is overwhelming evidence that there is a company from um, from Russia called IRA. I think it's called. Um, I can't remember what it was called, Jay. You'll you'll remind me in a second. And the thing is, is that I mean, they have they had spent literally tens of thousands of dollars buying ads on platforms such as Facebook to try and sway the election. And for whatever reason, Russia loves Trump for reasons we don't understand. The Trump campaign did some stupid things. Um, Donald Trump Jr. had a meeting. Oh, okay, hold Go on. Ahead. So Go ahead. one. One point, I'm, I, I'm not sure that they love Trump so much as Trump was a Republican running after a Democrat president. See what I'm saying? Right. I don't think it's really necessarily the person. I think it's just they like they they want to see us going from one extreme to another as much as possible. There's, I think that there is. You cannot deny that us being in disarray and fighting over. Um, little petty shit. Petty yeah. shit helps Russia. This makes Russia look good, whether you want to admit it or not. This makes Russia look good with us fighting against each other over stupid stuff. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, the Horowitz report is pretty damning. It pretty much came out and said that there is an obvious bias within the FBI. They violated some of their own rules. They ignored some um, some of the Overwatch. They they ignored procedure in an effort to hang Trump. 
and there's and we have also the link here the office of the inspector general u.s department of justice uh report it is the review of four fisa applications and other aspects of the fbi's crossfire hurricane investigation which is pretty much an investigation on the investigators and you can go through, and it is probably about a 10, 11, 12-page summary of oh, what... The, the link you sent me? Yes, the, the, it, the PDF no. file that I sent you. The PDF file you sent me is 480 pages, oh, it's my four, friend. Right. No, the introduction to it, the summary. Oh, okay, the summary. The yeah, the summary. Well, I, I'm on page, like, 14, 13 right. of it now. right. right. And I mean, basically, it's saying that they they ignored standard procedures. Yeah. And they had, again, they cherry picked things that would make Trump look bad, but they ignored the aspects of the Hillary Clinton campaign. Don't look at that. Advert your eyes from it. Shut your eyes, Marion. Don't look at it. Ignored the parts where there was collusion with the Hillary Clinton campaign. Yeah. And Fusion GPS. They purposely ignore or ignored that. And there are and, and after skimming this, there's a lot of other aspects where um Peter Strzok purposefully guided aspects of this investigation to look at only only certain aspects that make Trump look bad. And it's really sort of clear after reading the introduction that there was there was a huge bias against Trump and there was a huge bias that's pro Hillary and that yeah. and and that we spent we spent the first 15 minutes talking about how Google and other social media platforms and other search engine tools are trying to sway the election for reasons we just don't understand this here is a report about the how the FBI has been I don't I don't want to say fabricating evidence but they're sort of um like like the illegal wiretaps into Trump and the and the illegal um surveillance of Trump to try to try and play getcha one of the things that you and I had talked about earlier is that why by all means there should be an investigation into the, you know, the president-elect or a presidential candidate. He should be vetted by somebody. You say it should be somebody like the U.S. Marshals or, or the Secret Service. Mm-hmm. Okay? There's an argument to be made that if there, if there is evidence that the president is a foreign agent, that should be looked into. There should be a full-bore investigation. Yeah. What this report basically says is that there was an investigation in the FBI and they kept digging and digging and digging. They misrepresented the evidence that they had, the evidence that they gathered. They misrepresented where the information came from and they misrepresented the links between one campaign that was trying to quote out the other campaign. And that there's a lot of other shady things that had happened um, with the Clinton campaign that people choose to forget until a couple of days ago. And this is where we go even further down the rabbit hole. <laughs> okay. 
this it would be easier for you to find these the, the the links if you just googled this yourself instead of going through with all the messages that I sent you earlier. Do right. a, do a quick Google search or DuckDuckGo search or Yahoo mm -hmm. the phrase Clinton donors charged in massive campaign finance scheme. And it shows up right on Yahoo from December 4th. So December 4th. And a witness in the Mueller investigation. Eight people, including major Hillary Clinton donors and witness in the Mueller investigation, have been charged in a massive campaign finance scheme. The Justice Department announced Tuesday. Individuals conspired to make and conceal conduit and excessive campaign contributions valued around $3.5 million in the two to the 2016 election campaign and beyond, according to the announcement. Although the indictment does not specifically name the recipient of the donations, it is clear that the contributions went to out groups allied with Hillary Clinton's presidential campaign. Of those charged, George Nader, a Lebanese American businessman who has a witness in the Mueller report. Nader was also caught in 2018 in possession of child pornography, but received partial immunity in exchange for testimony in the Mueller investigation. Holy shit. Holy cow. So we'll witness in the Mueller investigation has just been charged with corruption, funneling, funneling illegal funds, or funds that we don't know the origins of these funds to the Clinton campaign. And that article that you just read stems from Tuesday, December 3rd's article um uh, uh, uh press release um and this is from um uh, the department of justice um united states department of justice office of public affairs for immediate release california ceo and seven others charged in multi-million dollar conduit campaign contribution case um and this is this is a lengthy read but it basically has says that people tried to circumvent the campaign finance laws to funnel more money to the Clinton campaign. And simultaneously, Hillary Clinton was having um, fundraisers that were supposed to be for down ballot races uh, throughout the nation, but instead went to her own campaign. Couple this with the book written by Donna Brazil, who was the interim um, DNC chair, a DNC yeah. chair, and one of the things that she had discovered is that the um, during the Obama re-election campaign um, and Hillary Clinton's campaign, um, her earlier campaign, I think it was it was for the the run for the primary, the the primary race, um, Obama and. Hillary Clinton pretty much um, bankrupted the DNC. Uh, yeah. And Hillary Clinton, quote, floated alone, unquote, to the DNC with the understanding that um, uh, she would be the party favorite um, leading, up, leading up to uh, the DNC convention. And there's... Uh, 
In one of our earlier episodes, we linked to an article that's an excerpt from Donna Brazil's book where she actually had to call up Bernie Sanders and explain to Bernie Sanders how the Clinton campaign sabotaged his campaign, uh, mostly because they had they were ordered to do so. Hillary Clinton basically bought the DNC, according to Donna Brazil, the Clinton Foundation and Hillary Clinton, Team Clinton, the Clinton campaign, um, the Hillary Clinton Victory Fund, um, America for Hillary, Hillary is Ready, whatever she called her campaign, basically bankrupted, drained the, uh, the, 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 the coffers of the DNC, and then gave the DNC a loan to cover their, their costs with the understanding that, that the DNC would give Hillary full support during the primary run leading up to the 2016 convention and beyond. And obviously, Bernie Sanders is furious. And then the aforementioned interview with Howard Stern, Hillary Clinton was explaining how she's you know, still angry and hurt by what Bernie Sanders did to her during uh, the 2016 primary race. And Hillary Clinton came right out and said that Bernie Sanders hurt her, hurt her chances to win the election. How, did exa- how exactly did Bernie Sanders hurt Hillary Clinton? Well, he should have been the guy that was the candidate, not her. Yeah, but exactly. How, 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 did, how did Bernie Sanders hurt Hillary Clinton? Did I misphrase the question? Well, no. I mean, that's the threat that he posed to her. Right. And in the truth of the matter, that's all that really is the motivation. He was a threat that needed to be eliminated so that it was her turn. What does this sound like, Jay? Sounds like a mafia movie. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it really does. Uh Godmother, Godmother, I I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Can you help me? How are you going to help her? I'm going to make them an offer they can't refuse. Right? Yeah. So, with all of this news coming out, those are the I think that those are the two big bombshells. And meanwhile, <laughs> we're ignoring all of this with the coverage of the impeachment hearings against Donald Trump, it's dominated the news. These, I think that these are these are two huge news items that nobody is talking about. People who have are connected with fundraising for the Clinton campaign have been charged with corruption. Or I don't. I, what what would you call this? I don't know if you could call it corruption. I mean. The, the, the criminal activity, yeah. they violated the law, uh, well, finance, uh, campaign finance laws, but that's it. I mean, are they really colluding with the Russians? Are they, you know what I mean? Is it, right. it I, as far as what goes beyond that, I, I don't think I know enough to really say. It's sort of like an aspect of the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Donald Trump is the enemy of um, the, the Clintons. And the Clintons will collude with anybody who can keep, get him out of office. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. 
there's there's certainly an element of that. Yeah. Um, what I wonder about, though, is are there any political ties between the Clinton the Clintons? Because you right. can't really call it a campaign because she hasn't announced she's going to run yet. Right. Um, and the or and or the Trump campaign and the Russians. Right. I think the truth of the matter is the Russians don't really give a fuck who becomes president. They really don't. I think they their main interest in messing with us is just that to mess with us. Yeah. They know that if there's a whiff of uh one of the one of the people campaigning that if the, there is a whiff of Russian money being funneled to them in some way shape or form, it's going to wreak havoc right. and chaos. Right. I suspect that there was money donated to several other candidates. And I think they did it purely because, well, at some point, someone will figure out, you know, I mean, I don't think, I don't think they, there was anything collusionary right. between the Russians and Trump or the Russians and Hillary or the Russians and anyone else that may have received money from them. Right. You know, I, I except for maybe the Communist Party, but still, um, yeah. you know, it's their interest is just to see us chase our tails, to stand on either side of an imaginary dividing line, point fingers at each other and yell. You know, that's their interest because right. that our infighting is amusing to them. Oh, sure. It's entertainment value. Putin sits and, you know, he leans back on his his pet polar bear with his, you know, 13 concubines or whatever the hell he has with his shirt off and drinks his champagne and eats caviar and goes, look at the, look at stupid Americans running around. He's uh, great entertainment, no? <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's ludicrous. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. I There's nothing... To my understanding, and I haven't fully read the, uh, the, the even the summary that you sent me. Right. But to my understanding, there's no evidence anywhere that there was a tit for tat and a quid pro quo of if you do this for me, I give you money. It, there's nothing like that. Right. Um, we're and it doesn't matter which campaign you're yeah. talking about. Right. Um, it's just. They got a bunch of money from from Russia, right? Which sounds to me like you know perfect planning on Putin's part. And yes, I said Putin's part. That sounds yeah. really kind of the alliteration just makes it sound like Putin. sure. But anyway, um, Putin, 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 poopy. So <laughs> yeah, I just I don't <laughs> I don't think that. I don't think that Trump was bought off. I think Trump got money from them. I think probably Hillary got money from them. And the investigation found that. And they're like, yeah, but we're supposed to be investigating Trump. Right. So as I understand it, and I'm not a, I'm not a law enforcement officer. Nor do you play I understand on it. TV? During the course of the investigation, if you find out a crime was committed that is tertiary to your investigation or is secondary to your investigation... I don't know if they're supposed to report that. I don't know if they're supposed to pursue that or not, because that could turn into too many red herrings. So I don't know if there's a if there's a policy in place that says if you find evidence of something else, then we have to spurn off a separate investigation for that right. 
other crime or not. I honestly don't know. I don't know if that's the policy or not. Is this evidence of a deep state conspiracy against Republicans? I don't. I don't but, think this is. I don't think for a minute that this is just about um, um, Donald Trump. Oh no. Oh no. This is this is R versus D. Right. This no, I know. You know what, Jay? I'm going to be. I'm going to be honest with you here, and and mm-hmm. and it makes me sound crazy for saying this. I know it's. I know this makes me sound like a crazy conspiracy theorist, uh-huh. but connecting by just by connecting the dots and looking at the little pieces of information that I have put on my desktop, it seems to me as this anybody, anybody who stands between Hillary Clinton and and the Oval Office is targeted for some kind of whether some kind of inv- bogus investigation or 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 targeting them um uh, um altering their search results or changing their popularity on uh, on on YouTube um it's, But here's my question, here's my question. Yep. Why? I I just said No 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 no. no. Why Hillary? Why does she have that We'll call it influence because I don't, I doubt with all seriousness that she's the one calling the shots. Right. I think it's people acting on her behalf. I don't think it's her. Right. Simply because I don't think, I don't think Hillary can pick up the phone, call somebody and say, I want you to bury that story. I don't think she can. I don't think it's her saying that stuff. I think it's other people who are so enamored with the thought of a Hillary Clinton presidency that they're willing to do all this stuff. And then Hillary Clinton is just narcissistic enough to, when she sees all of this happening, she's like, see, they want me to be president. So I think that is, as far as she's concerned, that's all that's going on. But my question is, why are people so enamored with her? What did she do as a senator? What did she do that as secretary of state that so enamored them with thinking that she is great presidential material. That's what I don't know. That's what I don't understand. I don't understand why. No, I will fully admit that I am biased against Hillary Clinton. I'm not a fan of the Clintons. I am on the opposite side of the political aisle. So chances are I've paid closer attention to the negatives of things that she's done than the positives. And I think it's only fair that, you know, our, our listeners know that, but what, is it that she's done that has inspired that loyalty that other people didn't do? I don't. Why is why is it Hillary Clinton that's getting all of these breaks and not Bernie Sanders, who has grassroots campaigns, genuine grassroots campaigns supporting Bernie Sanders? So why are these people not supporting Bernie but they're supporting Hillary? What is it? What is the what is the the policy? What is the what is it about her that they want to see her in the White House again? I generally don't know. Except this time as president, is it just because she's female? Because last time I checked, you know, there's a couple other females running for there, president. There are a couple of other women who are running for president. Right. I mean, so why is it Hillary Clinton that's getting that, and not Elizabeth Warren, and not 
why didn't Kamala Harris get it? Well, I, that I can understand. I'm right. That. But why isn't it Tulsi Gabbard? Especially because Tulsi Gabbard politically is very, very similar to Bernie Sanders. Right. So if Bernie Sanders has this popular support, why doesn't Tulsi have that popular support when they have such a shared political stance? Why, if it's just a woman being president, why not Tulsi, who fits the bill of being a woman, fits the bill of being a Democrat, and fits the bill of having, frankly, very socialist standings? So why are these people so enamored with Hillary? Why is it Hillary that they're so gung-ho for? And I don't understand that. I haven't seen or read anything that has that make sense to me. I really don't. And and when it doesn't make sense, that's when I get suspicious as to what's going on. Why the hell is it happening? Right. Clearly, they know something I don't, which is not that surprising. There's a lot of people who know a lot of things I don't. Right. But usually when you look at things, you can see a logic, a form of logic, even sure. if you don't agree with it. With the conclusions that are drawn, you can see the logical progression of how they got there. And I don't see that with Hillary. I don't see what she's done that has caused such loyalty, inspired such loyalty. I don't under, I, I don't understand it either. Yeah. And the, I mean, and, and here's here's the thing. And I think that this is probably what is keeping us from being full blown, ridiculous conspiracy theorists. We don't have all of the answers. We don't know why they're doing what they're doing. Here's here's another piece to the puzzle. I don't know if if I'm uh, muddying the waters a little more. Um, I don't know if um, I, I'm 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 pulling us down another rabbit hole from the rabbit hole that we're already in. <laughs> I don't know of a single person. Who is ex- uh, we're hunting rabbits? Go ahead. Okay. Um, I don't know of a single person who is excited about Elizabeth Warren. When I talk to people here in New Hampshire about Elizabeth Warren, I have yet to meet anybody who has the passion and the excitement that Bernie Sanders or Tulsi Gabbard supporters have. I just don't. Everybody that I talk to about Elizabeth Warren, they're all kind of like, eh. I like her. I have yet to meet anybody who is genuinely excited. And and um, they, they become animated when they talk about her. I don't understand. And when you, when, when you mention, you know, some of the gaffes that um, she has or, and she's made in the past, the only conclusion that people have or the only thing that people say that sort of make any sense at all about why they are supporting Elizabeth Warren is well she's not Donald Trump and she's I'm sorry that's not that's not a valid reason to vote for somebody I'm I, I'm not a fan of the anyone but X right right, right. I, it's not enough like when Barack Obama was running for re-election Right. Right. And he was running against Mitt Romney. Right. I wasn't going to vote for Mitt Romney because he was running against Obama. I'm not going to vote for someone just because they're not the guy I don't like. Right. They've got to give me a reason to vote for them. Because the devil you don't versus the devil you don't know might be worse than the devil you do. Right. Right. 
So I am just generally opposed to people voting against somebody because you don't yeah. know who you're putting in yeah. into that office. And then we have to deal with that consequence, that knee-jerk reaction for four years or more. Yep. Right. Um, if history holds true, chances are really good that Donald Trump's going to get a second a second term in office. Think about it. Since you and I have been paying attention to the politics, which is since 1980, there's been one president who did not get a second term. Yeah. And that was the first President Bush, Bush 41. Every other president has gotten two terms. That in and of itself leads leads me to think Trump has an edge in the election. And there's a very good chance because the economy seems to be going well. Um, there's a very good chance that unless something drastic changes between now and no, and a year from now, that we're looking at president reelect Donald Trump. Right. For someone to unseat him and kick him out of the Oval Office, they're going to have to be have a viable alternative to get people who vote for the status quo, regardless of what the parenthetical letter is behind the person that represents that status quo, to change their vote. If things are generally going well, people want to maintain that. They don't want to switch things up because they don't have a reason to. Then when you're looking at, you know, after the vice president, after the president's done, and then the vice president is running for, usually the person's going to be running, representing the party and running for office. Then people are like, okay, what do we really know about this person? Are, is this person going to maintain the status quo or are they going to screw things up? Because that was the problem that Bush 41 had. People just expected him to maintain Reagan's policies. And for the most part, he did. Right. Right. But that was it. He really didn't do anything. He never really took the office to be his. And I think as a result of that, we won't see a whole lot of vice presidents being elected to the presidency for a while yet. Because for some reason, that seems to be something that sticks in the popular mind. Right. You know, well, it'll just be like another George Bush situation. And do we really want another four years of that kind of a president? You know what I mean? I don't. Yeah. And, so, and, and in, but in retrospect, I mean, look at what we have in, in retrospect, right. people were like, we really, we don't need, we don't need Ronald Reagan's fourth term in office. We don't, no, we don't you know, the circumstances are completely different from when right, Reagan ran. Right. And it's funny because people will, people are constantly saying, cause I define myself as, as a conservative or libertarian, right? Yeah. And people say, oh, so you must be a huge Reagan fan. I'm like, really? Not really, actually. I'm not, I'm not a big Republican fan. And they're like, why is that? I said, because I prize small government. And the two largest growths of government in my lifetime happened under Republican presidents. One of them was under Reagan. Yeah. The other one was under George Bush. You mentioned, so, you mentioned, you mentioned how there are aspects to Ronald Reagan that I really sort of appreciated. And there are other aspects oh, yeah. of Ronald Reagan that I'm like, oh, please, really? Um, and that's but, and that's exactly it. And the truth is, is that should be there. That should be true of every person yeah, in politics. Yeah. Right. There's going to be parts of people you like, parts of people you don't like. And what you do when you vote is you decide do is there enough of what I like for me to for that person to get my vote? I don't know. 
That's really what it boils down to. And this is why you end up with people who become single issue voters. I know people who the only reason why they vote for someone is how they stand on the Second Amendment sure. or how they stand on women's rights issues or how they stand on, you know, gay and, and the, the yeah. LGBTQ plus rights issues. You know, they're single issue voters and that's it. Yeah. And you kind of understand that. You kind of get that because paying attention to politics is a big fucking headache. For somebody who has a podcast called News of the Week. I yeah. even I will admit I get fatigued by it. Um yeah. but the the issue that I that we honestly have and we have we have got to sort of get to the bottom of this is that I cannot explain Joe Biden's popularity. I honestly can't. How is he leading in the polls? And the one of the major reasons why I, I ask this is from this is a headline from NPR from, again, from December 5th, in a tense exchange, Biden calls Iowa voter a damn liar. But you, on the other hand, sent your son over there to get a job and work for a gas company, but he had no experience with gas or nothing. In order to get access to the public, to, for the president. So you're, you're selling access to the president just like he does. So you got a damn liar, man. That's not true. And no one has ever said that. No one has heard that. I no. see it on the TV. You see it on the TV. No, I know you do. And by the way, that's why I, I'm not sedentary. I don't like it up and, and, and no, let, 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 let him go. Let him go. Look, the reason I'm running is because I've been around a long time and I know more than most people know. And I can get things done. That's why I'm running. And you want to check my shape on, let's do push-ups together here, man. Let's do, let's run. Let's do whatever you want to do. Let's take a nice Number two. Number two. No one has said my son has done anything wrong. And I did not on any occasion. And no one has ever said it. Not I didn't one say you were doing anything wrong. I you said, said I set up my son to work in an oil company. Isn't that what you said? I Get your word straight, Jack. That's what I hear on the on MSNBC. You don't hear that on MSNBC. You did not hear that at all. What you heard? Look. Okay, I'm not going to get in an argument with you, man. Well, yeah, you do. But uh, but look, fat. Look, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Any other questions? And challenges him to an IQ test. I think also he challenged him to um, uh, a, a, a push-up contest. And a race. And a race. And a running race, yeah. And so the story behind that is that the, the guy was, I think he was probably like a Trump shell you think he was so. in there and he basically called out out hunt biden on he asked him a question about yeah how he feels about his his son getting basically a sweetheart um yeah. being put on a board right of a corporation in the ukraine when he doesn't have any experience justifying it justifying getting that position to which biden got pissed off and went a little off the handle right now People talk about Trump being not presidential in his behavior and their right to do so because he isn't. Right. Is that what you want in a president? Because you know in politics they're going to push personal buttons. 
Yeah. And there's, there is a part of me that wants to see on C-SPAN <laughs> the president of the United States and the president of some other country talking to each other. And then all of a sudden, one of them turns to you and goes, you are a liar. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But I, I want to see that just because it would be amusing to me because those things tend to be so dry in presentation. Yep, and everything yep. because Everyone wants to appear that they're the better person kind of a thing. Yes. And Biden clearly doesn't give a fuck about appearing as the better person. He really well, doesn't. He's going to do something like that. I'm, if it was that really, if that happened in the general election and Biden was already the nominee, that would have been his Mike Dukakis in a fucking tank. <laughs> it really would have. Yeah. You uh, know, we, um, and just everybody stop what you're doing. And if you can just do a Google search, Michael Dukakis in a tank or in the tank. In fact, if you type in Michael Dukakis, the first autofill on Google is Michael Dukakis tank. <laughs> Which is just fucking hilarious. To this day, to this day, and by the way, it's it's Mike as in M-I-K-E Dukakis. D-U-K-A-K-I-S. Um, and it is probably, <laughs> to this day, it is probably one of the funniest pictures yeah. I mean, seriously. He's in a suit with a helmet on. <laughs> it is literally. They put like this, they put like this, this like overalls over the suit, you know, and uh, anyway. It's, it's, it's literally. If you've got, if as a presidential candidate, you can't handle someone saying, oh, what about this conspiracy theory without getting mad? And then the guy, like, he called him a damn liar. And then the guy mentioned something else about how, he, about his age. Because apparently Biden's like 77 or something. Yeah. And he's like, is, is your age a factor? And he's like, age a factor? I challenge you to an IQ test. You know, and he kind of went off like that. Right. And he gets, he gets. basically reminds me of when, um, oh, what's his name there? He was on the, uh, the Oscars when Billy Crystal was hosting. And. He got like a he got an award or something, and he did a bunch of push-ups. Oh yeah, um, uh, it was uh, Jack Palance for Jack his Palance. role as Curly in, um, uh, in City, City Slickers. Slickers. I, and City Slickers is like my one. It's in one of my top fifty movies of all times. Well, it's a it's an awesome movie. It but is. The, that that you know the image of him. Because at the time he was like seventy one, yeah, and he dropped down on the floor in a fucking suit and started doing right. pushups. That's kind of what it felt like, you yeah. know. And at the time, everyone thought Jack was a little off for doing that. And now you they know. know. I mean, it's damn impressive <laughs> he could do pull out that many pushups on a whim. I mean, but at the same time, eh. <laughs> that is, but you know. And is that what you want in a president? Is, is is Joe Biden getting pissed off at a random voter, one of his constituents, as a national figure? Yeah. Calling the man a damn liar? I mean, you would think someone running at the national level for president of the United States when confronted with a question like that, 
like that would say something more closer along the lines of, well, I, I understand where you're getting that information, but you have to understand there's misinformation out there, blah, 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 and giving the politically correct answer. Yeah. On um, one hand, I am happy to see someone getting passionate. But on the other hand, there's a reason why people who do that don't end up sitting in the White House. Could you just imagine Joe yeah, Biden like, saying, you're a damn liar. And then you hear this that is pounding on the desk and he accidentally hits the red button and launches the nukes. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not going to happen. But that's that's like, what's his name? Dean. How was his scream? Yeah. The Dean scream that yeah. ended his campaign. Yeah. This should be ending Biden's campaign. But why isn't it? Um, again, I I don't think there's any candidate in the field right now on the Democrat side that has fully seized the Democrat party's attention. I think there's, there's some that appeal to certain elements within the Democratic party, which on the one hand is actually, I think that's a good thing because now the party has to come together to unite under somebody. Right. So People are going to drop out and things like that. So, in part of as part of a a primary process, I think this that's good that you don't have this one person who's clearly the front runner. Everyone yeah. else is way back behind. I think it's good because the Democrats there's there's a there's people that support people like Tulsi who are like, hey, listen, here's the problems. Let's fix them. Right. Then there's people within that party that are like, anyone but Trump. Exactly. You know, and they glom into whoever happens to get most of the news reports. Whoever is leading in the polls. Right. And is- then you've got the people who are strong on their domestic policies who are, for the most part, Bernie Sanders supporters. Right. They, they, they're, they want that socialist agenda. Yeah. So, you know, I just, I don't. I, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing that the field is starting to whittle down right now. I think it's a good thing. I think the Democrats party kind of needs that to really resolve their internal identity on who they are and how they want to present who they are to the country. Just like, you know, when it was, what they call it? The, the, the pack of 18 or the pack of 16 or whatever it was. Yeah in the run up to Obama's reelection and they had like, I don't know, 27 Republican candidates. Overall, that was a good thing because you've got to whittle that down. There's different factions within each political party and it has to be whittled down to whoever the party wants to represent themselves, which is also coincidentally why I'm against open primaries in any States. I think it should be a federal law that primaries have in any state can only be voted in, by the people registered to that party. Well, then I'm because sc- primaries well, are about who the party wants to represent them. Right. But if you've got a bunch of Democrats and independents voting who represents the Republican Party, then it's not the Republican Party's candidate. No. And that's how you end up with people like Donald Trump being the fucking rep. Well, because then- a lot of Democrats, there was a push at the time, a lot of Democrats voted for Trump because they thought he'd be an easy guy to beat. And boy, were they wrong. But here's the problem, Jay. I'm switching. Yeah. I, I'm registering as a Democrat to, so that I can vote for Tulsi in the New Hampshire primary. 
Right. You know, I mean, and I think I think you if you change if you change your political affiliation, it cannot happen in the year before or the year of a presidential election. In my opinion, this right. is this, again, you got people that are going to change. All right. Well, I'll just change parties. I'll vote in the primary and then I'll right. change parties and vote in the general election. Right. But I am I am one of those people who are switching parties you bastard. I know. And I, and I and I admit, you know, I totally I I totally admit what you're saying is true because I've seen it happen with Republicans. I've seen it happen where Democrats show up and they register as a Republican heading in the door and then as they're heading out they re-register as a Democrat after after they just voted in in the primary. Now my whole attitude is that well, if if they can do it, if they can do it because they're trying to mess with the election and they're and, and they're trying to sway votes, they're they're, they're no they're, better than Google. Yeah. But the thing is, is like so okay, so they've Eric, you've turned into Google. Man. I've turned it in a in a way I've sort of turned it I've turned into Google. Yeah. I, in, in, in a in a way. But here's the thing. I'm an independent voter. That was that's the whole point of being an independent voter. I, you know, you, here's the thing, and here's the great thing about our relationship. You yeah. and I can have a, a, you know, we can disagree and still yeah. remain good friends, oh, close yeah. friends. I, I, th- I, I honestly believe it's up to the individual. And you may, and there in the, in the, in the past, I've, I have seen people do this. And I said, well, that sucks. You know, you, you are registering as a Democrat, as a Democrat. Or you're registering as a Republican because you want your guy, your incumbent, to face a weaker challenger. Now right. it's, it's not because the thing is, it's like okay, we all we all know that Donald Trump is unless he resigns between now and and the Republican convention, Donald Trump is is going to be the party nominee. Yeah, unless something drastic happens, he resigns or he's taken out of out of office. Okay, he's going to be the party nominee. He's safe. Yep. If, as a Republican, I say, okay, he's safe. I okay, so I'm going. I I'm going to go and I'm going to register as a as a as a as a Democrat so I can vote for Tulsi in this election, because if Donald Trump is going to lose to a Democrat, I'd rather it be for somebody who I actually respect and admire and somebody whose views matches close, closer to mine. Right. Even if it's only two out of 20 views, two, two out of 20 right. stances that line right. up with yours, it's better than, you know, nine, right. you know one out of 20. So now, who, who would I, I, I get the motivation for that? I do. Right. But that is a corruption of the of the po- the process in my opinion sure you know if you're making an end around of the process then the process doesn't work you know we have no right to bitch about how we've got shitty candidates when we're not seeing representatives of the parties representing the parties yeah what we're seeing is a mishmash of people within the party and people outside of the party saying who they want to represent that party you know and there are people out there who switch and they do it, you know, who vote in, they cross primaries because they genuinely say, well, okay, well, if I'm going to vote for Republican, I want, you know, at least I want a guy that I'm, or a a woman that I'm going to 
Right. I'm not going to vomit in my mouth every time I see them on screen. Right. I get that motivation. I really do. Sure. I just think it's, that's not fixing the process. It's not, it's contributing to the problem, not resolving the problem. Yeah. But there's also the aspect of it, Jay, that, and we, and, and we've just spent about an hour talking about this. Whereas you and I both admit, and we've built an entire episode of the podcast around the fact that the process is broken. Yeah. The process we have, we have some, we have the former chair of the DNC who wrote a book explaining how her party is broken and how the person who broke her party is still her girl. Hillary's, yeah. Hillary's still my girl. Mm-mm-mm. Okay. Donna Brazil is suffering from a horrible case of Stockholm Syndrome. She knows that her girl, Hillary, did something horrible. And when Donna Brazil found out about it and talked to, and it's in her book, after Donna Brazil confronted Hillary with this, Hillary stopped taking Donna Brazil's phone calls. And after Hillary Clinton lost, it took her days or weeks to finally call Donna Brazil and say, thank you for all of your tireless efforts. Yeah. So you have that. We have, we have these reports from the DOJ, the Department of Justice, that, that are, are telling us there was campaign contribution fraud during the 2016 election. We have tech companies, for reasons we don't even understand, we don't even know why they're doing this. Why are they targeting Tulsi Gabbard, who is only polling at best, Five percent. Right. What is it about her that's such what a is it? What is it about her that is such that. a? What is it about her, Tulsi Gabbard that is such a threat? Other than the fact that she has a broad appeal between Republicans, like uh, moderate Republicans, Libertarians, Independents, and, and modern Democrats. If people actually knew what Tulsi Gabbard had to say, they would say, "Wait a minute, I really liked." Bernie, but Bernie's had a heart attack recently. Bernie is old. How old is he? He's pretty old. Tulsi Gabbard, Tulsi, the chances of Tulsi Gabbard surviving two terms in office, they're pretty high. Bernie, I, Bernie, not so much. Joe Biden, breaking news from earlier today, Jay. Yeah. Joe Biden is is confiding with some of his aides that he's only going to serve one term because he's too old and he's he, and he's getting sick. He's not doing so well. People are looking at Tulsi and saying, "Wow, she she she's right on the mark. Let's say that I have 20 important issues that are really sort of important. Okay, she's right on the money for 15." Right? Bernie Sanders He's 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 at fourteen or sixteen of my twenty issues, but I don't think he's I I he's old. I'm you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna go for the young woman, and I want to get I want to get excited and motivated. Well, especially because Bernie's seventy eight, Joe Biden's seventy seven. You know, and I think it's really kind of 
ironic with the smack dashing of hilarity that the party of diversity that is up against the old white men being in the white in, in, in the Oval Office in the White House, the two one's more popular with the rank and file, the other's more popular with the intelligentsia and the people in charge are old white men. And the one that's trailing at the bottom of the polls is the woman of color. Right. You know, I mean, I don't get it. I don't get it. And I got to get going, dude. Yep. I got a work thing I got to do. I don't know what to tell you other than the fact that it was just like, I I mean, I had so many names for this podcast, but you know, <laughs> I, I, I think that, uh, um, Operation Hurricane, or um, I, I, you know, what's what's the name of the FBI investigation here? And we had so many other news items that we wanted to cover. There, there was the death of um, of a journalist, a news reporter um, from Connecticut, and the first thing that jumped to mind is, well, what did she know about Jeffrey Epstein? Yeah, <laughs> you know, and it was like, I mean, that's awful. But but it's true, you know. Rene Auberginois passed away. Uh, you know who played Odo on Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. Yep. The first thought that went through my mind is, well, what did Odo know about Jeffrey Epstein? <laughs> it, it's funny and it's sad, and um, there's so many other things to talk about. But I I I do think that, um, I think that we did a good job this week. Yeah, going down these rabbit holes. And explaining how we can't be crazy. Well, I mean, we never said we can't be crazy. We said we don't think we're crazy. We don't think that we're crazy. I think that we're sort of we're we're we're, we're connecting the dots in ways that I think that every other every other American should be connecting the dots. And the, the and the other thing that bothers me, and this is how I'm going to close out the show before I let you go, um, is that we are we are. Rep, we are reporting news items and news headlines that sadly nobody else is covering. Like, like um, this one from, from, from California, California CEO and seven others charged in multi-million dollar conduit campaign contribution case. Did you see that on, on CNN? I did not. Did you see that on MSNBC? No. Did you see it on Fox news? No. There are people out there who are hearing about this for the first time on the Fedora Chronicles radio show, and that scares me, Jay. Yeah, I mean, granted, I, I like our show and everything, but we should be talking about stuff that everyone's like, oh, I heard about that. Not, really? Where did you guys get that? Oh, my God. Oh, my you know? God. And and of and of course right. and I and I heard another pot I heard Jimmy Dore talk about this for a couple of minutes. Um and um and I, I said, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta check this out here. I gotta, I gotta look this up. So the thing is, is that be people are getting more news from a jagoff comedian doing a show in his, in his garage in Southern California and two nerds doing a podcast in Utah and New Hampshire. That's scary. Yeah. All right. I'm going to let you go, Jay. All right. All right. Bye, pal. Thanks.
Congratulations on surviving another episode of the Fedora Chronicles radio show with hosts Jason Cousineau and Eric Renderking Fisk. Find out more about the Fedora Chronicles by visiting our website, thefedorachronicles.com. That's where you can find our past shows, show notes, and recent articles. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram by simply searching for us on those platforms. Don't forget to join our group on Facebook after you found it so that you can keep up with what we will be talking about in the next episode. Facebook, Twitter, and our email address, Chronicle at google.com, are great ways to drop us a line with comments and show topic suggestions. We might even read your comment on the air. Support the show by contributing to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Chronicles. For a mere dollar a month, you get early access to the podcast, updates on what we're doing, and for $5 a month, you get all that and a t-shirt or coffee mug. Terms and conditions apply. And thank you to all of our listeners who are already contributing. You can also support the show and show off your incredible, impeccable taste by buying our merch at Zazzle.com slash Fedora Chronicles. 12.5% of every sale goes directly into keeping this podcast and all the others on the Fedora Chronicles network on the air. That's Zazzle.com slash Fedora Chronicles. The theme song for this show is Royal Flush by All of Music. The Fedora Chronicles radio show is edited and produced by Eric Render King Fisk, who co-hosts the show with Jason Cousineau. Copyright, The Fedora Chronicles, 2019-2020. All rights reserved. On behalf of Jason Cousineau, this is Eric Render King Fisk signing off and reminding you to keep your chin up and your fedora on. 